0: you are listening to Tell Us the Talk, a podcast on being complete in Christ, hosted by Buzz My name is wendell Martins
1: and I'm Allie Murphy.
0: Please visit our Facebook page for more discussions, articles, and links. So, this is episode 2, and we're going to start a discussion about sin.
1: Yes, sin. What a wonderful thing to talk about. Actually, it's it's pretty good. I see a pretty interesting discussion. Um in 1983, There was an outlandish uh, young singer in the Christian music industry by the name of Steve Taylor, and he brought out an album that was called I Want to Be a Clone. I'm sure you have it in your collection, Wendell. I do, yeah. Um, I thought you might, yeah. And uh, one of the singles from that album was Whatever Happened to Sin? And in the song, Steve Taylor, he asks the question, whatever happened to sin, after he makes a statement through each verse about um, issues such as abortion, gay lifestyle, and political corruption, and corruption within the church, too. Um, and you know, as with many of Steve Taylor's songs, they're quirky, they're sarcastic, they're humorous, but they always asked this is one of the reasons I like Steve Taylor, is because he always asked the hard questions. Yeah. You know, and I think that the question, whatever happened to sin, is still a hard question, but I think it's one that the church. is ignoring or has ignored for too long. Um, And to be honest with you, I did not think that the topic of sin itself would take up more than one episode, but uh, apparently it's going to take us three.
0: Yeah. So when we were talking about this topic of sin, as we sort of discussed the points that we wanted to address, it became obvious that we were not going to be able to fit it into a half hour. So we've got three topics, the one for today we're going to try to answer, what is sin? I think that's a, a good place to start. If we're going to talk about sin, we should probably know what it is.
1: So when you say, where did sin come from? like What are you specifically getting at? That question that kind of hits everybody's mind is, well, if sin exists, then God must have created it, right? That's is right, that yeah. kind of like one of the questions that we're going to ask? Yeah, we're going to talk about the, the idea of sin. Where did it come from? Why do
0: we sin? What's the result of sin? Is sin because of free will? Whose fault is it? People often to say, well, the devil made you do it. I think we'll find out that we choose to sin. Uh, sin is part of our nature as, as a fallen man.
1: And then, yeah. and then, sorry, the third episode is going to be on what is the cure for sin?
0: Correct. Yeah, so why we need to accept the gift of salvation. Think about, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And I guess the reason we decided to discuss this hot topic is because, like Steve Taylor said, or was hinting at, the church just seems to ignore it. Sin yeah. is becoming accommodated.
1: It's even being applauded in the church instead of the church being appalled by it. God wants us to be holy and perfect, and just as He is holy and perfect. And that's been a struggle for me as, a, you know, as an individual, as an as a individual Christian, as a, as a son of God, You know that struggle with sin and trying to be perfect as He is perfect and holy. Yeah, you know, we all
0: struggle with sin. We all have our own sins that we try to keep secret, but uh, everybody is, is sinful, right? So mm-hmm. so what is sin? And when we read James 4.17, it says anyone who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it is committing a sin. So that's fairly, fairly black and white.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And even the most popular verse in the Bible, John 3.16, talks about, you know, what God's plan is for us. He wants us To be with him but sin has separated us and Mm -hmm. the price for that sin was far greater than any one of us could bear and that price was paid for through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ.
1: One of the things I discovered is that sin is universal Um, you know a lot of people think that sin is this creation that came out of the church to scare children into being good or to scare people into doing what the church said although the church in the past did use those type of tactics, but the idea of, of sin itself is not something that was created by the church. Um, in fact, when I was doing some research into this, um, I discovered that pretty much every culture and every, uh, every culture and every religion that's out there has their own version of sin. Um, like The major understanding for Christians is that the Bible says that all, meaning everybody, has sinned and we've all fallen short or we've all come short of the glory of God. And the Bible also says that there's no one that is good. No one, Uh, no one that's without sin, no one who has never sinned. So in that sense, from the biblical point of view, sin is universal. But like I said, every culture actually in every religion has its own version of it as it were of sin. So for example, the Baha'i religion uh, or Baha'i religion, Considers that humans are all essentially good. We're good human beings. We were created by God for love and for goodness. Um, and as long as we keep looking to God, who they see as being the Son, then we're good. However, the Baha'i religion also recognizes that when we turn away from God and when we pursue the own inclinations or the own desires of our of our what they call a lower nature, that is then sinful. Um, and in fact, in their in their scripture. It is the giving into the devices of the evil one. Um, and, of course, evil one within Baha'i religion is like your ego. Okay. It's not a real being like Satan, uh, which is very similar because in Buddhism, it also speaks about your ego. Your ego is the negative. The ego is the thing that makes you, you know, you said the devil made me do it. So you yeah. gotta the ego made me do it, right? <laughs> uh, you know, In Buddhism, they don't speak about sin um, directly. Um, but even when I was involved in uh, Buddhist teaching and practicing as a Buddhist, um, sin is actually qualified as things that you need to avoid that will hamper your journey to enlightenment, um, and they're, they're negatives. So in Buddhism, there's something called five precepts, um, which when I first came across them, I was kind of like, oh, kind of sounds like the Ten Commandments. Sure, um, yeah. But, you know, I'll give you, there's five of them, and four of them just to kind of give you an idea. So, number one is to abstain from taking a life. Thou shalt not murder. Uh, The second one is to abstain from taking what is not given. I think that's commonly called theft or stealing. (laughs) Um, The third one is to abstain from sensuous misconduct, which basically means you're not supposed to indulge yourself in any sexual misconduct outside of uh, a loving um, relationship like they don't encourage people to go sleep around that sleeping around is a bad thing yeah. A Buddhist. yeah and then the other thing is to abstain from false speech again you know so don't lie and so when you kind of look at those those four of the five and you compare them to the ten commandments we have you know do not murder do not steal do not commit adultery do not lie so the, the similarities are really really close sure There. yeah um and you know, and both, and then we have Jainism and Hinduism. Now, in Hinduism and Jainism, sin isn't nec- sin is the violation of a moral or an ethical law, which, uh, including in, in, in Buddhism, it's also called dharma. Okay, so dharma okay. is is good, um, and that when you break the moral or ethical laws, you produce negative consequences, um, which is karma. Uh, you know, we hear people say, Oh, karma is going to get you, or wow, that was karma. You know, something bad happens to someone and you kind of say, well, that's, that's your karma catching up to you. So realistically in Hindu and Jainism and Buddhism, karma is the consequences of sin, but they don't call it sin. Um, but yeah, I mean, in Jainism, the soul accumulates karma, um, as it resorts to violence and, you know, non-chastity and falsehood and stealing and that kind of stuff. And the soul begins to shed the accumulation of karma or the sins by uh, resorting to penance and repentance and by vows and by trying to exterminate, you know, things like lust and anger and attachment. Attachment's very bad. Um, ignorance. So, again, you can see a lot of similarities in a lot of what, well, and most of these are Eastern religions, Mm -hmm. Um, that are very pervasive in our Western society. And that's another interesting thing, is that it seems to me that people seem to have this idea that Christianity is a Western-created religion. Yeah. Um, You know, Christianity came from the Middle East. It it came from the East, just as, you know, Buddhism and Hinduism and Jainism and, you know, all these other isms. Um, So when you look at history and you look at culture um even the most uh even the most isolated cultures have this idea of right and wrong moral immoral what is ethical what is right not right and the bible just calls it sin uh, i think what it is is people try and soften it so it doesn't sound too bad but at the end of the day they're all talking about sin which like you said according to uh according to james chapter 4 and verse 17 um, anyone who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it is committing a sin. And yeah. I, I, So there we go. Sin is universal. Everybody knows what sin is. You go up to a man or a woman on the street and you go through things like, you know, is it good? Should you steal? Should you murder? They'll say, no, why not? Well, it's a bad thing. Why is it a bad thing? Well, because, you know, it comes down to being, it's sin.
0: And it seems too that sin is a spiritual Aspect of, of who we are as people. It doesn't really matter uh the religion that is describing the sin, it all seems to come from a, a spiritual point of view. Yeah. Um but I think the Judeo-Christian idea of sin is
1: slightly different in that you cannot work yourself free of the consequences of sin. No, and that is definitely something that you will find in all of the other Eastern religions or man-made religions. Is that there that you have to do stuff. So when I was involved in Buddhism, you know, you had to obviously obey the five precepts, right? You, yeah. you avoided doing those things. But you also had to do things like, you know, there was a lot of good works, doing good works and doing certain things so that you could accumulate, for the lack of better words, positive karma, you know, like you could, sure. you could accumulate goodness which would outweigh the bad karma. That's so you're you're you know, balancing
0: you're balancing the scales, is what you're
1: trying yeah. to do. And although the consequences of of sin uh, vary across the different cultures and religions, they all agree that when a moral or an ethical code is broken, when someone does something bad, it's not good. (laughs) So therefore, it's bad and there are negative consequences, unfavorable consequences, um, or punishment. Um, So yeah, all of of these um, other man-made religions agree that there is a problem with us and whatever you want to call it, they recognize that sin is the problem. The difference being is that in their worldview, you can, you can do something to, you yourself can do something to get rid of the sin, but the Bible is very clear that we can't. And, you know, um, so actually that's really maybe a good lean on, like, what is sin? What is sin according to the Bible? When we're discussing sin, what we're discussing is something that's actually
0: written on everyone's heart. It's the law of god and and funny enough, the idea that every culture and every religion seems to have some an idea or a teaching about sin is God's way of saying, "You know what here i am yeah. and 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 everyone's without excuse, right. So in Psalms 49, uh, verse 8, the psalmist writes about sin being something that is within every man. Every man has that sin nature in them. And in Romans uh, chapter 1, I think around verse 20, it talks that uh, we know about sin because it's evidenced in creation. The, the law of, of God is all around us. You, you look at his creation you look at what's written on our hearts, uh, yeah. we know about what that law is. And, and when you were talking about the different religions and comparing them to the Ten Commandments, I think we see that very,
1: very clearly. Yeah. When you talk about the that it's written uh, on the heart, or it's within man, right? It's sure. written on everyone's heart. The law of God, are you talking about, so just for clarification for the listeners, you're not talking about sin is written on man's heart, but God's law is written on sure, our heart. Yeah. He's created and that's basically our conscience, right? God exactly. gave us a conscience so we would know when we do something wrong that it's sinful. So that's kind of what you're getting at, right? Exactly.
0: And when you look at children, you see that very obviously that they know when they've done wrong and yeah. no one has to tell them. Like they just it's there, right? It's it's second nature yes. or first nature, depending on how you're looking at it they know what sin is, and they know when they're sinning. Well, they
1: they do. They know, they kind of go, oops, uh, I did something wrong, even before you tell them.
0: Yeah. Is sin what? Is sin doing bad things? Is sin doing things against the Bible? Is sin doing things against God? We can read different places in the Bible where it describes sin. 1 John 3, verse 4, for example, says that sin is lawlessness, going against the law. The, the things that are written on our hearts to go against that would be sinful. Yeah. Um, interesting in James chapter two, verse eight, it says that sin is partiality or favoritism or willful blindness. So if you do something willfully uh, against the law that's written in you, or you show partiality towards something like that, that can be sinful. Yep. We saw in, when you were describing the, the five precepts of Buddhism, this idea of, of lust, uh, this idea of, of sin or lustfulness taking over and, and trying to avoid that sort of thing. So James yeah. chapter 115 talks about that.
1: Yeah, just to kind of interrupt, you know, I kind of like the way that Ray Comfort, um, when he's doing his uh, outreach, he'll often say to someone, have you ever uh, committed adultery? And they'll go, oh, no, I never have. No. And, uh, you know, And then he'll say, well, have you ever looked at a man or a woman with lust? And they'll go. Well, yeah, of course I have. And he's like, well, sure. Jesus said, you know, even if you look at someone with lust, you have committed adultery in your heart. So even that is interesting. People will try and justify, well, I just look, I didn't do anything. Right? Yeah, I didn't touch,
0: right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's where we come to uh, what John chapter five, verse 14 says about sin. And sin is being a choice. We, we choose to sin. It's not something outside of our, of our power, right? Yeah. We have this sinful nature, and every sin that we make, we we choose intentionally. Yeah. And, and not to say that sin is a New Testament idea. Obviously, it was known in the Old Testament. And it's interesting to me, in Psalms, it talks about sin being fake obedience, being hatred to God. And, and people often say to the church, well, there's a lot of fake people in the church or a lot of pretenders in the church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what does that say about us as Christians
1: uh, Yep, for pretending? And then there's also this idea, I think I brought it up before, I said a few minutes ago about people trying to, you know, if you say lust, they'll say, oh, I've never done that at all. It was just a little, little sin, you know, it's just a little sin. <laughs> and that kind, of, that kind of fits with uh, something you had said too about sin being, is, is dismissed by our culture. It um, is, yeah. I, I said that too. Like, they, you know, they see sin, sin as being a guilt trip created by the church but that's not what the Bible says.
0: No. And I
1: think people
0: feel guilt is a man created thing, but it's not. See, if, if you have a fire and you go towards the fire and you burn yourself, you're going to think to yourself, you know what? Next time I probably don't want to go that close to the fire. When you sin, your body has guilt as a result of sinning so that the next time you get to that sin place in your life, you will think I don't want to do that again. Yeah. And unfortunately we allow our hearts to be hardened or that the, the weight of sin and, and Hosea 10 verse two talks about this. The weight of sin is guilt. Yeah. So we already have sin before we get to the guilt part. And I think that's culture wants to dismiss that because if they're already feeling guilty, they know they've sinned, and they know there are consequences. And it doesn't matter what religion you're part of. Like you talked about, the consequences of sin is, is something universally understood. Yeah. So if you can't be held responsible for something, well, then you can do whatever you want.
1: And, and it's true. Sin does fill us with anxiety. I uh, think you had mentioned that guilt creates anxiety. Sure. And like you said, that the problem is is that it's been put there, by God, as almost like a red flag. It's like a warning signal. It's like, okay, this didn't go well for you before. But like you said, our hearts have been, people's hearts have been hardened. People don't yeah. like to be told what they can and can't do. And the more you do something, the less resistant to it you become.
0: For sure. Um, and you have this idea too, a culture that you can be good enough. A lot of times you talk to people about, about christianity or or things like that and they say well i've had a good life i've lived a good life Or that person was a good person unfortunately that doesn't hold water mark 10 verse 18 talks about there's no one good but god so we're kind of called out on that if you say you're a good person who are you trying to kid you know yeah. certainly certainly not me yeah. and in romans 10 14 talks about people crying out for god well, how can you cry to God when you don't believe in Him? If you're not going to follow His law and you're going to speak against Him and, and say, well, it's, you know, d- dismiss what He's teaching you, how do you call on, on God at that point?
1: I was going to say, you, 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 uh, you had a little note in here. No one can hide from God, right? We cannot hide right. our sin from God. And, right. you know, it's interesting. If you go back to Adam and Eve, or go back to the beginning, when they disobeyed God, they immediately knew they had done something wrong. Yeah. And what did they do? They tried to hide. Certainly, yeah. Um, and that's what we do. We try and hide our sin. No one, you know, if it wasn't, if, it, if sin isn't a bad thing, why do we hide, try and hide it so much? Why do we try and hide it from people? You know, <laughs> um, no one likes to look in the mirror and see an ugly face.
0: Yeah, and that, and that maybe talks to the idea of the hardening of hearts, yeah. Is is you allow your heart to become hardened in order to cover up that blemish, and it's, yeah. and anybody's heart to be hardened. We we know Pharaoh's heart was hardened. When in First Samuel six verse six, it talks about how we allow our hearts to be hardened, and Second Chronicles thirty six talks about that we cause our hearts to be hardened. And when that happens, that sin separates us from God, and we see that in the story of Adam and Eve as well, how they're yeah. separated from from God, and and the punishment that was put on everyone because of that sin.
1: That's the hardening of the heart. When we kill our conscience, when we just keep sinning and sinning and sinning, we build up this, almost like a callus on your finger. You build up a callus on your heart where it just, the conscience becomes so seared and so crippled that it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. But it's always there. In the back of your mind, it's always still there.
0: And God hates, hates those who devise sin. People who go into sinning almost intentionally, like that, that hardening of heart where they yeah. I don't care. I just, I just don't care. I'm just going to do this thing. Or they've allowed themselves to slip into a, a sin that maybe they had said, oh, I'll never do that. You know, I would never see myself doing that. And then they see themselves doing it, and, and they have to somehow come to terms with it, right? And so when we do that, when we allow ourselves to sin, uh, you know, God really really does hate that. And there's the problem with sin is that it leads to death. And, and okay, you could say what, one of the things you can count on in life is death and taxes. We're all going to die, right? But it, we talk about sin being a spiritual thing. And if we're talking about sin leading to death, then we need to talk about death being a spiritual death as well, not just a, a physical death.
1: No, really true. And, and so we, can, we, you know, we all agree. Sin is a problem. And I think that kind of brings up the next question is, is like, well, what is the problem with sin? You know, we, we talk about choices. People say, well, I have free choice, free will. Yeah, you do, you know. But you also know when you use that free will or you use that choice and it's the wrong choice, there are going to be negative consequences. And this is another example, of, you know, an example from actually Ray Comfort. So what is sin? So you're driving down the highway and it's, uh, or you're driving down the road. It's 60 kilometers an hour, and you get pulled over, and the officer says, "You know how fast you were going?" "Nope, uh, no, I don't." And he says, "Well, I clocked you going 82 kilometers an hour in a 60 zone." He's not going to let you off, you know. And interesting enough, the faster you go, the harder the penalty is, right? When you break the law, you. That there's a consequence, right? Really? And, and they wouldn't be
0: just if they didn't serve that consequence to you.
1: No, and and that's why we have laws. Laws are in place to make sure that people um, are safe, uh, that they're protected, that people are aware of their fellow humans, and that we, you know, we are conscious of how our behavior treats them. And that's why we have laws. And it's no different from the law that God like you said, has written on our hearts. The law that he gave in the Ten Commandments, um, which are still functional, those didn't disappear. Um, yeah. And the, old, the reason why he gave us those laws wasn't so he could be a party pooper or because he wanted to control us. He wanted us to make decisions that would bring us life, bring us exactly. life, bring us happiness, and bring us joy. And when you think about sin, even with the other religious... Um, cultural stuff that we looked at tonight sin is something that brings about a negative bad consequence sure just like breaking the just like breaking the speed limit you know you're gonna get a fine you might end up in you know well i don't think you'd end up in jail unless you're a multiple offender but (laughs) you know i mean even then you know there are consequences for multiple offenses Uh, and in the bible god looks at sin as being sin. There's one consequence for sin. Um, But the fact is, is that people like to ignore sin because like I said, they think God is a party pooper or he just wants to control us. No, he wants the best for us. And he wants us to be aware of, like he said to Cain, be careful because sin is crouching at your door. And if you don't watch out, it's going to get a hold of you. So you have to learn how to subdue it. Yeah,
0: and, and that takes us into a difficult place, and, and a, into the place I think a lot of churches like to avoid. And, and if you sin, when you appear before God, because we will all appear before Christ at the judgment seat, you will be judged on how you lived and what you did with what you had. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians tells us, or Second Corinthians talks about that in chapter 5. Uh, Luke, in Luke 3, verse 6, we read that we will all see the salvation of God. and. You know, that, that's a tough thing to think about that we will all stand before God and we will see salvation and some of us will get it and some of us won't. Yeah. Based on what we've done in, in our hearts. And yeah. 2 Kings chapter 17 verse 7 says that God is justified to destroy sinners. And people often paint God as being this vile, murderous person but yeah. he you know what he takes no pleasure in the destruction of sinners he does not enjoy dealing with the wicked that way and yet he has to if, if he's going to be a just god what what kind of a god would we serve if he could be bribed or if he said <laughs> you're going to be destroyed or you're going to be uh guilty and then when we get
1: to a place of judgment he just kind of goes oh well you were good enough you know what yeah. kind of a god is that that's and, you know the funny thing is we talk about that about God being a just God. Um, you know, we newspapers, social media, whatever. We often hear about uh, corruption um, in the government, or you know, even judges uh, or congressmen, or well, we don't live in the states, but you know, um, MPs, MLAs, people who have accommodated negative behavior. Right, uh, yeah. a judge who doesn't punish someone as they're supposed to. And people get angry. They get what? This isn't justice. This, we want justice, right? Every, you know, somebody kills a dog and they get five years in prison and somebody kills a, a child because of drunk driving and they get 18 months probation. You know, everybody gets in an uproar. We want justice. That's what God has to give us. And yet yeah. we complain if we want justice, we can't say we want justice for everybody else, but I don't want justice for myself. I, I, you know, I don't deserve that. Yeah.
0: In Lamentations chapter three, verse tw- 39, uh, the writer says we have no right to complain about our sin. If yeah. if if you sin and you get caught, you have no right to complain about that. You chose it. You chose to sin and now
1: you got caught. Yeah. Take you know, take your lumps, right? Yeah. It's like it's like a parent, you know, we don't punish our children when they do something wrong because we hate them or oh, because not. we want to be a party pooper or we want to make their lives miserable. No you know, we usually discipline them when they do something wrong because they've done something dangerous or harmful, or it could lead to further, you know, negative consequences. So we punish them in love. We tell them, no, you can't do that. And that's, that's what God is doing with sin. He's saying, look, I created you guys to be in my image. I created you to, to, for us to have a relationship and, 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 uh, and a fellowship together, you know, But he can't have that fellowship as long as we are following the Pied Piper of sin. Mm -hmm. The Bible said you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and serve money or sin. Like you said, God doesn't take any pleasure, but he has to. If he didn't, if God did not punish sin according to his law, he would not be God. Yeah, that's right. That's right, you know.
0: I think when we get to the third part in a, in a couple of months, we're going to find that this punishment, the thing that people try to steer away from the most, the punishment that God has devised for us because of our sin is actually his way of showing love to us. And that, that maybe twists your head a little bit, but you can't love your child if you're not going to discipline them. Yeah. It's the same. We, I mean, we call God our father. What kind of a father would he be if he, did not discipline and correct us and and provide us with appropriate punishment. It, he he would be useless. Yeah. Uh, so and and that's part of the whole discussion on sin is is why why do we why is sin necessary and that, that sin isn't necessary but we do sin and so what happens with that? Where where does sin bring us to?
1: I think pretty much be clear. What is sin? Sin is anything that is breaking the law. Of God, and we know when we have sinned because we have this thing called a conscience in our hearts that lets us know I don't care who you are, whether you're the baddest, meanest guy that's sitting in prison for serial murders, you know that those murders were wrong, yeah. right? You know yeah. they're wrong, you know, you're in prison because you did something wrong. Charlie Manson didn't go to jail because you know. It was unfair like he knew he did something wrong and that was his you know he was serving his time um, so sin is doing wrong things it's sin is going against God's law and um, and it does create a multitude of problems which we're gonna touch on on the next episode
0: yeah sure so like, I just have two points and then we'll, we'll come to a close here uh, sure. sin is a byproduct of our broken state sin yes. is separation from God without it, salvation would be useless. Yeah. You know, and, and in Revelations 21, it talks about God creating the new heaven and the new earth. And at that time, he will separate himself from the presence of sin and how we respond to sin has eternal implications. It does. And that's why this topic talking about sin is so important. Yeah,
1: it is. And the other thing too is, um, when we talk about what is sin, from a personal point of view, I think when you, my own personal experience, as you start to read God's word, as you start to spend time with Him, um, reading His His word and spending time with Him in prayer, your that conscience, that you know that God shaped conscience, or that God given conscience that that used to go off like a red beacon all the time, that maybe has been dulled, like you said, the hardening of the heart, the callousing of the heart. Um, as you start to read his word, um, those calluses start to come off and you start to see things in your life that you didn't think were sinful, but they are sure. And and then it allows you to deal with them because that's what God wants us to do. It's like, you know, it's like when your kid does something wrong, you say, did you do something? Did you do this? They go, no. I said, come on now, you know, just tell me the truth. The consequences, you know, you're going to be punished. But at the same time, you know, if you keep lying to me <laughs> about not doing it, and that's what God wants from us. He wants us to recognize what is sin, and how it has, like you said, it's put a division, it's put a wedge between us and Him. And as we start to recognize what the sin is in our lives, and we start to uh, confess it, we start to re- confess it and repent it. Repent from it. Repenting means turning away from it. Means you stop doing it. Um, then God will reward those people who are seeking Him and who are turning away from sin. Yeah. Well, we have to recognize what sin is first, and, that's, and that is the problem. And I think the other thing too is that you talked earlier about the church accommodating sin or applauding sin. and in, in Romans chapter one, Paul talks about you know these people that, that do these, these heinous things, these sins, and he said, not only do they do them but they applaud. They encourage other people to do them too. And that I think is what was the heart of the message for Steve Taylor's, that song, whatever happened to sin. And I think it is the heart of these messages that we're going to be, these episodes that we're going to be having is that we have to face what sin is because we have spent so much time, um, covering it up, make like a blemish on your face. So you put a little makeup on there, you make it look not so bad. So you can pass it off as being okay. Like it's not okay. You know, and the mm-hmm. church church as in the body of Christ has decided to accommodate sin. So they, well, it does say that in the Bible that, you know, God doesn't like this, but there are no buts with sin. Yeah. It's just, it's sin. And exactly. it has to be, and it has to be dealt with.
0: Sure. Okay, so part two next month, talking yep. about where did sin come from? Yep. And then part
1: three, the cure for sin. Yes. Uh, the good news, right? The, yep. the, the gospel message. That's the whole so, point. That's the whole point yeah. of these talks as well is about, you know, sticking with the gospel. Exactly. Yep. All right. So uh, we'll
0: just quickly close in prayer, and uh, then we will say goodbye, and we will
1: see you again in a month. Yes, we will see you in a month. And please, people, if you, uh, you, know, if you listen to this podcast, um, we really appreciate any feedback people give to us um, about the podcast. Please give us some uh, advice or some critique on it. Um, we won't take anything personally. All right, Father God, we
0: thank you for being our Father. We thank you that you are fair and you are just. And Lord God, we, we are sinners. Every single one of us is a sinner. And we recognize. Separation from you that that the sin has caused. We thank you for the promise of salvation, Lord God. As we explore this topic of sin next month, and we we look at where sin came from, I I pray that uh, our eyes would be opened, that we would see and understand how this impact is on our lives, the spiritual, the eternal impact. Pray, Lord, that we would take what we believe seriously and that we would turn from our sins and and focus on you. Lord God, we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: All right. We'll see you guys next month.
0: See you next month.
1: Goodbye from me.
0: Goodbye from me.